0: Talbot, and this is the place where we learn together what it takes to change the world on our own terms and in our own special ways. Today, I am so delighted to have finally with me my dear friend, Martha Ann Stallings. I've been after Martha Ann for a little while. (laughs) I might say a few months and I might say a few years to get her to allow me the privilege of interviewing her for this show about changemakers. Because Martha Ann Stallings is the very definition of a changemaker. And she's so busy doing her changemaking work that it's hard to pin her down because she's not one to step into the limelight to sing her own praises but when I told her and reminded her that this work isn't about our own egos and our singing our own praises it's about inspiring other people so they know that all of us ordinary folks can and must step up and do what we can to make the world a better place Martha Ann lives her life this way She is the very definition of a servant leader. And I am so eager for you to hear her story and her homegrown solutions for a patchwork world, because I've known her for many, many years as our children grew up together and as we were colleagues in Montgomery County Public Schools. And after her retirement, she went right to work providing leadership for a very important initiative in our own community, the Dialogue on Race. She'll be talking to you about things that matter to her, and she'll be doing it at my invitation because she wants to highlight the work. That's the heart of Martha Ann Stallings. She's a leader. She knows better than anyone I know how to pull people together in important conversations about change. And she knows how to bring people to the table in the most meaningful ways. This is what it means to be a leader. This is what it means to be a change maker. So, it's my distinct honor today to introduce you to Dr. Martha Ann Stallings. Martha Ann, thank you for being with us. I am
1: from central Kentucky, a little town called Springfield, the county of Washington. And I tell people it's right in between Lexington and Louisville, Kentucky. So people kind of understand you get off the parkway and, and I get to my central part of Kentucky, which I grew up in and just absolutely still adore. I grew up on a dairy farm. My dad was a tenant farmer. He did not own his farm. He worked the fields and the milked the cows and, and provided for his family by being on someone else's farm, working that farm. And then he got, I think, half of the revenue from, from the farming and the tobacco and the milk and that type of thing. Small community where you pretty much knew everyone. You know, my uncles and aunts were known in the community. One of my uncles was the only doctor in town for a period of time. So that made me quite the celebrity. But once again, a very small community that uh, impacted me in, in many ways. When I was in high school, the four county high schools consolidated. And I was in the first class that graduated from Washington County High in 1970. And with that opportunity, other than meeting my husband, I also had the opportunity to meet people across the county that I would have not known or met otherwise. And I think it was then that I realized there's a lot of people in this world, in my little town and my community that I want to know better And I just really enjoyed that part of high school and getting to know new people. And then I went to a junior college because I could stay home and save money, as my mom reminded me. That impacted me in many ways still to this day about the importance of having smaller community type colleges that I could go and afford to attend while living at home and saving money and keeping my job that I had. Then I transferred because I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I'd done my homework or my mom had done her homework and um, went to Eastern Kentucky University. Once again, kind of rural, but a beautiful place to be and to learn more about being a teacher and also about mankind in many, many ways. Just met wonderful people across that journey. Those experiences, once again, of growing up in a farming community, my husband and I talk about it a lot because we had some diversity, but we didn't think about it being diversity at the time. We just knew we had lots of friends and people who were a little bit different, but we just gathered together and did the same things morning and night. We didn't have different groups, so to speak. We we tended to do everything as a school, and I still value those friendships that came along at that time. My teaching experience and working with students with disabilities early on in my career gave me the understanding of the importance of including all kids in the classroom. And it helped me understand that in order for students to be successful, we as adults had to do our job and many times do it better than what we were doing. And so I learned that there was no need to have exclusion of students. And matter of fact, as you know, Montgomery County School started some inclusion practices when I was teaching in the classroom, and that gave me the opportunity to learn a lot about that type of education. We were very fortunate to have some people working around us and supporting us with that work, like Kenna Colley and Cindy Petoniak, And there were people who had the knowledge. I didn't have the knowledge base, but I had the understanding of the importance of including. So for me, that was a wonderful step into knowing what education should be for for all kids. So by having that opportunity to learn from others, to have them come into my classroom and give me suggestions in a very thoughtful and respectful way and not being judgmental, not being critical, having principals that were wonderful who would come in and, and observe and then give you feedback and give you nice notes in those mailboxes. So those, those are the things I think in my educational career that probably got me going toward the importance of including all people in education and in, in my world. And then I would say from there, I got involved. Very fortunately, I was able to go to the central office and work in staff development because I had done some work with beginning and novice teachers and they had an opening to do that work. And that was something I was very interested in. And so once I got there, there were some opportunities within the school division because we had a superintendent that you and I both worked for, Fred Morton, who was just amazing and wanted us to have equity, inclusion and all of these things that we knew would make our schools better. So I had the opportunity to work with, once again, people who impacted me as an educator and as a person to help me understand that, yes, all students are still not being included appropriately, whether it's by ability or race. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from, once again, other people about the importance of listening to students, listening to teachers, letting them tell us what was happening in their lives, not letting us always tell them what we thought was happening and having the ability to be a better listener and to learn from other educators, but also students themselves as to what was going on in their lives. And perhaps as a school division, how could we help with issues that they were having to deal with in their classrooms and in their schools once you retire you really have to think about how you want to spend your time because you have choices, you don't have to be somewhere eight to five or seven to six whatever educators put in, but you have that opportunity to decide what's important to you, and in my case. I was retired a very short time when I got contacted by someone with the Dialogue on Race organization. And it goes, once again, it goes back to my experience at the central office because we had worked with some of the secondary schools for them to identify equity projects or diversity projects. And we supported them and some resources that they needed to go back and work in their schools. So I was approached about Possibly beginning involved with the education part of dialogue on race, I was very interested because a it was a Montgomery County specific group, and b it was with people that I already knew and I already had relationships with. It was with the Andy Morakayas. It was with the Penny Franklin, who was a school board member. It was with people that I knew and respected, and they somehow convinced me that I could make an impact with the piece around education. They have different issues that that our organization addresses, but my role, and I continue to serve in that role, is to chair the education issue group, where we look at the issues that the African-American local community has identified as important for them to be more successful in schools, and what are those issues that we need to help the school division think about, not do. It's their job, but for us to help them think about what's important. So dialogue and race came to the top pretty quickly. Another group I got connected with pretty early on in my retirement is connected with my church, Blacksburg Baptist. And they had just started an after-school tutoring program in one of the mobile home parks in Montgomery County. Specifically, this one's in Blacksburg. Because I've been a teacher, they had the love for it. They had some resources set aside, but they needed someone to help give them some structure as to how to support the kids once again in a meaningful and a respectful way. So I am now in my seventh year of being a part of that tutoring program. I'm no longer really in charge of it, which is great. I pretty much show up and tutor two days a week after school. But one of the pieces I brought to the table, in addition to some of those educational skills Uh, in terms of helping us think through what an hour could look like after school when the kids are tired and they've been in school all day. But also how to connect with the school where the children attend? Because I knew if we were going to have some success academically with the students, we needed to kind of know where they were and how to help them with their work. We call it a homework club of sorts. But we also get to know them first, and we have a little snack after school, and we often have a prayer to say, let's, let's have fun this afternoon. And if it's pretty, we go outside and play. But we also pull out their backpacks and their homework, and we see how we can help them so that they can go to school the next day with some work done that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise. One of the things that has impacted with me with that program is probably two-thirds of our participants are from the Hispanic community. And this was, other than teaching a few students, this was kind of a new area for me. And it's just been wonderful because we really helped even the schools understand better about how we need them to provide resources for this community. For example, we would take the school calendar and we would find somebody from our church to turn it into Spanish language. And I got in touch with someone and I said, I'm sure there's a program that you have that would do that within seconds almost. And of course they did that. So that's been a nice addition to that program for me in terms of learning, but also supporting a group of students. Another area that I got involved with just about three years ago is the ACE program with the local community college. The New River Community College is once again in our community. A program started not in our county, another county over where Resources have been provided by government officials, organizations, local individuals who make donations so that any student who graduates from a, in our case, Montgomery County High School with a 2.5 average, can attend this new River Community College, a wonderful place to start school, and tuition is covered. Resources are provided. They have mentoring opportunities. They have wonderful counseling. And we are finding a lot of success with that program. How I got involved was Dialogue on Race. At one of our events, we had Anthony Wilson and Angie Cuthy, who is the director of the Educational Foundation, to share with our organization about ACE. Well, we had not done any fundraising locally. We were just asking government officials to provide us some funding and it was recommended and suggested that we do something here locally. So with the help of some friends we got Race for Ace fundraiser started and we've now I think had it for four years and we've raised probably close to twenty thousand dollars for this program and it does once again allow students to attend two years of college. No debt students do community service. That's an expectation. but They have to provide 80 hours of community service a year in order for this tuition payment to take place. And that has been a huge benefit for the community, for them to see the students out in the community working and for them to understand that we are providing a service and the opportunity for the students to start a career in many ways, to get get that background to either then go out into the field after a two year degree a career and technical type of position. We have many nurses, we have many nurses who graduate from the college and become very successful. And we also have students who transfer to four-year colleges because they've had that two-year small classroom opportunity and have found success And now either have saved some money so that they can pay their tuition for the next two years or three years, whatever that may be, or they've had that opportunity to get some grants. In some cases, I think we've had some students get some scholarships beyond the two-year program and then go from there. One of the things that I have learned being involved with Dialogue on Race, I have that ability to talk with other people that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise. We have a very active group, a steering committee group that meets monthly, sometimes more, to think about how we can address the issues within our community around the work that we're doing. And what I continue to be amazed at is what I don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you really have these opportunities to converse with others, to listen, once again, that importance of listening. And I've been involved with Dialogue on Race now, I think this is my eighth year. And I'm never in a meeting, which once again is monthly, sometimes more, that I don't learn something about others in the room, or I learn something about what I don't know or didn't understand. And it's because of my lack of experiences and it's because of their experiences. So I get to merge those two things. I get to learn from others, and then I get to take that and, I hope, impact others around the work. Because as an education committee, we pull together people in the community to talk about these important issues. And we pull together people who are doing the work in the school system teachers and administrators and central office folks. We pull together parents we pull together students, we pull together community members who have not felt like they've had their voice. So we now have this opportunity to, once again, pull the right people in the room and to ask the right questions. And after we listen, to think about how can we address some of these issues. So without me becoming involved with Dialogue and Race, that wouldn't have happened because I would have listened to others, but I wouldn't have been in the right room at the right place. In that space, it's a space where people are courageous and people are willing to open up about their experiences and speak out. One of the best experiences I've had with this had to do with students. So I get this call one day from somebody who's on very involved with the organization and said, we have some students who are very upset. And this was after the murder of George Floyd. And students are not feeling like their voices are being heard, right or wrong. That perception was, we can make a difference. We're not happy with how our school division is addressing what's going on in in the world and country and even in our community. So within 48 hours, I had made a couple of contacts. Someone else in this group had made a contact. And a student protest took place at the central office outside of the government building prior to a school board meeting. And I tell this story because it impacted the work of the school division for a long time. I've asked others who do the work in the central office, Judy Diggs, for example, who's just been remarkable in her work. I said, when did the school division make the right turn in terms of listening to students and wanting to make some changes that need them? take place, and they said, because of the student protest, they had never been heard like they were heard that evening, and meetings started taking place, the superintendent got involved, some stuff got addressed in some of the schools that wasn't being addressed before, and without that student voice, and once again, their willingness to put themselves out there, and what we heard that night, because of course, I attended as a community member, like everyone else, we heard people step forward and tell their stories that had not told their stories before. We had parents step forward. We had students who were now at the university but had gone through our school division. And now we're stepping forward and telling stories and experiences that were not what should have been taking place in their schools. And from there, we understood then as a dialogue on race of the importance of listening to parents and students. And then we did a webinar on trauma and we had students involved with that and we had parents involved with that. So we are continuing to understand that we have to have those voices to share their experiences. And we're hoping we have an event coming up in January to we're going to have a panel of students and we hope we ask the right questions and we get them engaged in the conversation about what's happening in schools and what should be happening in schools. One of the things I have learned in the different types of work that I've been involved with and the volunteerism I've been doing is how people watch others. And I'll have people come to me and say, I saw you doing that food drive in front of your church. I really like that you're doing that or not you particularly, but that your church is is involved with collecting food for the food pantry in the Christmas store. Or with the tutoring program, we have some BCOM students, which is our local medical school. And some of the students are coming out after they've had long days of rotations or whatever it is they do. And they're helping us tutor one day a week and they're learning I think a little bit from us, and I know we're learning from them because they, they just have so much excitement and enthusiasm, but we're, I think we're demonstrating the importance of getting involved in the community and what an impact that can make. One of the things I learned from the church work at our tutoring program is that a lot of people, even in our church community, struggled with understanding about this community and I cannot take responsibility for it because I was not a part of the beginning. But basically, a couple of people got in their cars and started driving around to see where might we do a tutoring program and where might we make a difference. And so what I've seen is we're also impacting with this work members of our church in the community who are beginning to understand about people who are different from us. And I've been asked to lead a book study, for example, coming up. That's a Ruby Payne book that some of us know from our education days. Well, now she's done some writing around churches, how to help churches work with people of poverty or from communities that are different from ours. And so I'm looking forward to that because I do think others, including myself, will learn from that in terms of how do we respectfully bring others into the work that we're doing or into the world that we're in. And yet respect what they bring to the table. I mean, we have met so many people in this tutoring program community that have become our friends and they will text us and say so and so is in the hospital. Could you say a prayer for us or could you Help us connect with the Christmas store. I had someone call me and said, I'm just not having any luck making that phone call to the right person. So of course I knew who to call. So you make those connections for people. And then all of a sudden you get somewhere and they go, Well, what is it you're doing? What why are you at that community? And then you explain that more. And what we find out is there's lots of organizations doing good work in the community, but we don't know what each other's doing. So I think when we do things together and especially when we're supporting some of the same people, the more that we learn about each other, you know, the better we are. I also hope that young people, even those who are going through the schools and and the colleges who are becoming involved with volunteering because they're a part of the ACE program or tutoring after school, even though they're in high school, I hope that they see that giving back to the community is, is a part of being a citizen and a part of being, bigger than yourself. And you have to make it a priority. That's one of the things I've learned. It's very easy to get selfish with my time also, and to wanna do a lot of things that just impact me. And I need to think about what are those things that impact the greater good. And, and, And I hope that I can do that. Well, one of the things for me that's important is who are those people who have impacted me the most. I've had some principals and colleagues, but I think of some principals along the way, you know, the Jim Sellers of the world, the Ray Van Dykes, the Virginia East, who was my first school out in Charlottesville, And what they taught me as an educator and as a parent, a young parent at the time, and some of those little nuggets that I will never forget. And, and I think you and I have some similar experiences there. And I just think of that all the time because it would be very easy, especially for administrators just to do the work because we all know sometimes it's easier just to do it. And that's one of my faults. I could just do it and not let other people get involved if I'm not careful because I can do it quicker. But I've had those Ray Van Dykes in my life who have taught me as a teacher that I can be empowered to make a difference beyond my classrooms. So have you speak at a faculty meeting or have you chair a committee that maybe you never would have thought about doing that before. So I just think there's people along the journey that have just impacted me. And I will never forget those stories and those experiences and not all in education. There's other areas as well. The Anthony Wilson, who's been involved with ACE. He's got such a heart and soul for for helping young people and wanting them to go to college and, and have great experiences. And so he's one of those new friends that I've made along the way. So a part of it is just making new friends. Penny Franklin. I mean, I knew Penny. She was a school board member and she impacted my work, but I'd never had an opportunity to be around the table with her. Oh, she's amazing. And I just feel so fortunate in the things that I do to be around such strong people who have impacted not only me, but other people. And and I'm just very fortunate. Mm -hmm. To Our House is, um, once again, a wonderful local organization that started, I'm gonna guess once again, about six or seven years ago. And it addresses the homelessness in our community. We're in a university town and people think, oh yeah, but no, it's there. And once again, it's one of those hidden voices we don't hear or see often. Churches take turns either housing or providing the food. And it starts as soon as that cold weather starts, usually about November. And it goes, I think, until March. And every week, every day, there is a hot meal served to this group of men and women. Now, it is expanded. It's no longer just men. It's also women. And they have a safe place to sleep. During the pandemic, they made it tense because they thought that would be safer for individuals. And if a church is not available, a hotel is provided. Funds are provided for a hotel. This last week, they stayed at a hotel in Christiansburg. What that allowed was for some people to have some of their children with them. And that had that was a new experience. So it's providing a place to sleep for the evening and a hot meal. And then they leave the next morning with a bagged lunch and breakfast, and they go on their way. And many of these people are have jobs. They just don't have enough money in their jobs to have a roof over their head, which is very sad. But they are working. They're working jobs that they're paid by the hour in many cases. And then they don't have anywhere to stay at night that's comfortable. So this is just, once again, a very small piece of something that I help with the food occasionally. But it's just a, it's a great thing for our community to, to put our arms around people who need help during this time of the year. And our church does a couple of weeks a year. And our class does one of the meals. And I kind of I organize who will do what, of course. Well, then it got to be the night we were supposed to do the meal. I had a conflict. It was a tutoring thing that I didn't think I could get out in time. And someone came forward and said, well, I can do that. I went, okay. <laughs> and now I've got her empowered. It doesn't have to be me. And it's real easy just to get into, just let me do it. So I'm really working on that. You <laughs> well, I have to Try shout it. out to the community group, which is a Montgomery County giving circle that was started by the African-American community in, in Montgomery County. And their funding provides support for Dialogue on Race. So any information that you want to know about Dialogue on Race can be found at thecommunitygroup.org. And Dialogue on Race, once again, is a piece of that. And you can look at the issues that we identify. You can look at the educational issues that we are addressing. It gets very specific. It has my contact information as the chair of the education issue group. The ACE program is very well described if you go to the New River Community College website, and that website has different links, of course, but it also has a link to the Education Foundation, which is where the ACE, and ACE stands for Access to Community College Education, and that falls under the Education Foundation umbrella. And I have, since the ACE program started in Montgomery County, I've become a member of the foundation. So I'm on the foundation board for the community college. Once again, I'm being surrounded by people I would not have been surrounded with before. Learning a lot from strong community members who support ACE and who support other things going on in the community. So that's another opportunity that I've had the privilege of being a part of.
0: Thank you, Martha Ann. I knew that when I finally got you to sit down and talk to us about your life's journey as a changemaker, as a leader in education and community matters, you would have so much important to share with us about how to show up in the world and work diligently and with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your love to make the world a better place. It's my honor to call you a friend. And as always, I seek in my life to be more like you. I know that our audience will want to follow your work with Dialogue on Race and all the other things that you've mentioned today. I hope they'll reach out to you, follow what you're doing, and be inspired as I am every time I'm in your presence by the way you show up in the world with love and grace and gratitude toward those around you. And I just want you to know how very grateful we are for you in this world, making the world a better place in every interaction. I hope that you will also follow our work at BlueRoadsEducation.org. You can go to that website and download our free ebook, Changemaker You: How to Change the World on Your Own Terms. There you'll have unpacked for you the 16 attributes that all changemakers have in common. You have seen and you will really see if you follow Martha Ann's work that she exhibits all of those attributes every single day of her life get in touch for opportunities to take courses and how to develop these skills of change makers. Also, how you can be involved with other changemakers in change maker circles to hold each other accountable and to be inspired by other women just like you seeking to change the world on your own terms. Be watching because I'm ready to launch my coaching business in women's empowerment to help all of you show up and be the very best self you can be, maintaining your energy so that you can change the world on your own terms without burning out because we need to be taking care of ourselves and our own energies so that we have what it takes to serve our individual calling in the world to make the world work better for everyone. Stay tuned next week to meet another inspiring change maker and in the meantime, may you be grounded in your beingness. Guided in your doing this, generous in your connectedness, and inspired in your reflectiveness, so you can change the world on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot. I'm always learning, and I know you are too.